Welcome to yet another PowerCast where you get keys to the power of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for yet another time where we can hear from you, hear about you, know your word, and spend time with your word. You're so awesome to have left something here that shows us how you work and how you operate, shows us who we are to you, and shows us how to live life. We thank you, Father, that the words expressed will be divine from you, and I pray, Father, that anything else that would be said that's not from you is cast aside. But I only want what you have for us to be heard and to be implemented in our life so we can be blessed and so that we can be pleasing to you and so we can be holy and right and righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to hear from you. How is your walk with God going? How are you doing following God? If you haven't gone to our website, go to giftsundermen.com. Go also to, uh, you can email us at G-U-M-E-O-A at Gmail. Again, G-U-M-E-O-A at Gmail. You'll also find that online. And share with us what differences have happened. What changes have you made in regards to following God? Has any of this been helpful? Or has it been just some information that's been hard to implement in your life? Just let us know if you get the opportunity and say hi. All right, let's go on. We're still talking about following God. We're still on the subtopic of dangers of not following God, the reasons and the results. So today we're going to discuss the hindrances to following God. And this is part three of that, of the dangers of not following God under the large heading of following God. And this is a big deal, right? Most of the world believes in God. Most of the world believes you can follow God. So let's find out how we can best follow God. Now, the most important thing, of course, that I've been wanting you to remember throughout these messages is that making a decision to live without God or not following God will open the door of opportunity to every bad and sad thing that could happen in life and cause it to happen. Or allow the opportunity for it to happen. Again, making a decision to live without God or not following God will open the door of opportunity for every bad and sad thing that could happen in life to happen. However, making a decision to follow God will give you the best possible outcome that could happen in your life to happen in your life forever, starting now and stretching into eternity. Now, we went over a whole bunch of reasons, a lot of why people don't follow God, why they follow other things, why if this was obvious, everyone doesn't do it. And I think that with all those reasons, you could see that there could be a lot more uh, mention of why people don't follow God. I said, we just don't have time to get into everything, of course. However, this one, I'm going to try to conclude. I'm going to try to conclude why people don't follow God along with the dangers associated with not following God, the results. All right, so let's get into it. Now I'm going to cover some points on why people don't follow God, and some of the points will be major points, you know, big overarching points. I'll dive into those, and some will be somewhat small points that you may see, but don't forget what small things can do, right? A little leaven can leaven the whole lump 
of whatever it is you're making, right? There's a little bit. When you're pouring salt into a meal, you don't take the cap off and pour the whole thing, just a little bit. And you can taste it throughout the meal. Now, let me mention one of the first parts of this. And this is still somewhat just introducing this concept. We've gone over a lot in the past recordings. However, I do want to mention one thing that I have not mentioned. And it was kind of surprising to me that I hadn't thought of this because this is something that I think a lot of people face, but it's also somewhat underestimated in how effective it can be towards our life. And that's that people are, maybe I'm just trying to be nice, but people are just lazy, okay? You can't even follow someone walking fast if you're lazy, let alone follow God. You know, there's a picture, uh, I believe it's by Michelangelo, and they're showing God reaching out to man. He's almost falling out of the sky to get man's attention. And the picture of man, I don't know if it's supposed to be Adam or not, but he's laying back like he's on the beach with his hand out on his knee, right? Just happens to be in a good position. And he barely stretching his his finger, his index finger toward God. That's kind of the attitude I think a lot of people take. And we wonder why we sometimes may even get to the point of doubting what happened in the Bible. And it's because people did things in the Bible that lazy people don't do. Again, people did things in the Bible that lazy people will not do. Jesus, when he was with his disciples during an hour where they're about to come to a test and trial, are you? Are you coming to a test and trial in your life? Look at what Jesus asked Peter. Hey, or actually all those disciples he brought with him, Peter, James, and John, but particularly Peter, Pray that you won't enter into temptation, that you won't enter into, that you won't fail if you don't pray. You'll fail if you don't pray. So pray that you don't fail. And then he comes back, he finds them sleeping. Now, they were obviously on a long journey, right? But he still expected them to pray. And not just to pray, he told us how long. He said, you couldn't even pray at least an hour. Like, man, I would have did 10 minutes and thought I was doing something. But he expected them to pray for an hour. Well, no wonder Jesus, when the soldiers do show up, this great number of soldiers, when they show up, that he's able just to speak two words and they fall down. No wonder he's able to go through the most severe punishment any one person's ever had to face. No wonder he's seated on the right hand of God because he overcame. Now, he's the only one that's going to experience some pain here. They're not, right? They could at least support them. But, and then what kind of prayers would that be? Would they have prayed? What kind of prayers would they have prayed if they were going to go through that? It'd probably be filled with fear and a whole bunch of, please don't let me go through this. Which Jesus was tempted to pray. But he said, not my will, your will be done. And an angel came and strengthened him. Why are angels strengthening us? Because they're not praying. Yeah, this is for me too. Now, some people also don't have the patience to wait on God. Jesus prayed, and then the angel came. Now, if he decided to pray and then walk around worrying, angel's probably not coming. So the Bible says to wait on the Lord, actively wait, right? Wait on him with the expectancy or with the the expectation that something's going to happen, something's going to give, he will answer. And he does. And Jesus was convinced that he does. And Jesus always got answers, so I believe him. So let's go on here 
and go over some points of why we don't follow God. This should conclude it. And we've gone over quite a bit of people, so different reasons, I should say, why people don't follow God. So let's go over some today, and this should close a broad overview of why people don't follow God. This won't cover everything. Some people have reasons that are unique to them. Some people have reasons that are unique to groups or cultures. This is one thing that most people deal with, no matter what culture you're in, no matter what group you're in, no matter how old you are many times. So reason number one for today, some, oh, and this is again, why we don't follow God. Some people are ignorant of God and they're ignorant of God by circumstance. Again, some people are ignorant of God and it's by circumstance. Now I want to look at Hebrews chapter five, verse one through two. It reads every for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant? That priest can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. For he himself is also compassed with infirmity. Now, God is making provision for us while we're ignorant of him and his love. As again, it says that the high priest is actually making sacrifices for sin. They're, they're pretty much coming to God and saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's what the high priest is doing. They're ordained of men. They're taken out of men or from among men to do this for men with the knowledge that they need it too. Right. So they understand that if they need it and they know God, how much more people who don't. Now, it says in the Amplified Version, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in things relating to God, to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to exercise gentleness and forbearance toward the ignorant and erring seeing or since himself or since he himself also is liable to moral weakness and physical infirmity and i thank god for that that's something god did not have to do we could have all had to do our own sacrifices but god always chooses the willing to take account for the many now first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 2 through 8 Amplified Version says, For you know what charges and precepts we gave you on the authority and by the inspiration of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated and set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain or stay away from and shrink from all sexual vice, that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane and honor not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen who are ignorant of the true god and have no knowledge of his will that no man transgress and transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this manner or defraud his brother in business for the lord is an avenger in all these things as we have already warned you solemnly and told you plainly for god has not called us to impurity but to consecration to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough purity. Therefore, whoever disregards, sets aside, and rejects this, disregards not man but God, whose very spirit whom he gives to you is holy, chaste, pure. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So some people are just not taught this. God has set up ministers, preachers, who he gives revelation to. And all of us are preachers if you believe in God and have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and you're trying to follow him. You're a minister. You have the spirit of God in you now. It doesn't just belong to the big guy up top and not something that God would hide from you. So you are also someone who has revelation of the word. You have insight because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. So some people are ignorant. They, they are not taught this by circumstance. Maybe they just haven't had anybody preach it to them, speak it to them. Uh, they haven't done any inquiry themselves. They were the family that's maybe they're raised to be as far away from God as possible because of something that happened in the family's life in the past. Who knows? Some people don't know God because of circumstance. Ignorance by circumstance. The next group I want to speak about for a moment are those who are ignorant by choice. Our first group was ignorant by circumstance. The second group is ignorant by choice, yet ignorant still. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1-8, through 8, it says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir your minds up, or stir up your minds by way of remembrance, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So what we've commanded regarding the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts. Now scoffer means they're scoffing at what is being taught and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly, they willingly are ignorant. For this they willingly are ignorant. Now don't miss that. Peter says they are willingly ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So what's he saying? He's saying that some people are going to come and they're going to scoff at all the warnings regarding God, all the things that, hey, you know, if you continue this way, it could lead to destruction. It could lead to a very sad life. It could lead to a bad experience of how you're living. It could just lead to, it can lead to evil. It can lead to damage. But instead of them listening to that, they're willingly ignorant. They're saying, hey, he said he was coming. He's not here. So why should I be concerned now? And Peter's pointing out that we see in the word of God. Now they recognize that there's a creator because they said even the world is still standing still and he has not 
come back and judge the world even since the beginning of creation. Now, they said creation, so they believe it's created. However, they don't know the character of God. They're not following God. They recognize that God is God. They say, okay, he's, there is a God, but they're not following him, and they are ignorant of how time works with God, that it works differently. So he said, be watchful. Be mindful of what you've been taught of Christ, because some people are going to come and teach you something different. So remember, we talked about being taught wrong in one of the previous recordings. This is kind of echoing that. But the main thing is that these people are being ignorant on purpose. And you don't want to waste your time on that. He didn't say go minister to them. He didn't say preach to them. He didn't say remind them of, you know, he didn't even say pray for them. Right. He said they're willingly ignorant and their will has a lot to do with their destination. Now you can pray God be merciful. Uh, if they real would be willing to change in the future and preserve them and help them to see. And you could pray that if you wanted, but that's not what he's recommending here. He's just saying that in the last days, scoffers will come walking after their own lusts. Now, we know we shall have to pray for people, pray for the world, pray for those who are lost. Jesus prayed to the Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, and they were actually trying to kill God. But I believe what he's trying to say is most important here is to watch out for those who are willingly ignorant. They dismiss God's ways because it doesn't make sense to their mind. And they're not really, if you notice from here, they're not trying to find out how God works. They are concluding how God works without the proper information. So that's one way. These individuals are actually ignorant by choice. Now, what's another reason we don't follow God? One other reason is that man doesn't like doing things God's way. Now, you may think this is the same thing as some are ignorant by choice. And to a certain degree, some are ignorant by choice is under this larger uh, title. But man doesn't like doing God's th things God's way is not just being ignorant by choice. They Let's say these individuals are not ignorant. They actually know they should follow God. But they choose to follow something else. Now, let's go back to Romans. If we look at chapter 10, and we had read part of this earlier, I'm just going to go back and read another verse that's at the end of the portion that we did read. Now, before we were reading about people not being able to hear about God because they just never heard it. Nobody preached it to them. Nobody said anything. And those individuals are willingly, uh, they were ignorant by circumstance. Then you have people who are ignorant by choice. They don't want to hear it. As soon as the preacher starts talking about God, they say, I don't want to hear any of that. Then we have this third group of individuals who are not following God because they don't want to choose God's ways, or rather they don't like doing things God's way. Now, if we look at first, uh, let's see, let's start with verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How, sh how then shall they call on him? In whom they've not believed, how are they going to believe unless they've heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how's the preacher even going to preach unless he's been sent? So make sure that the preacher is sent by God and they don't go to preach, but they have not been sent because you might get a different message. You might get someone who's out of the will of God. And if they're out of the will of God and they're talking to us about what we ought to do, chances are we can end up out of the will of God as well. Now, verse 16 says, Jumping down to verse 16, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. 
For Isaiah, or Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So they have not all obeyed the gospel. They don't like doing things God's way. So even the ones who were sent didn't like doing things God's way, as well as the ones who heard the message. Now, why don't they like doing things God's way? Well, sometimes we just like to follow others. It just feels better. It's more familiar. We get to see who we're following. And it's somewhat like following someone who we have credit to, but sometimes we like to follow others even if they don't have influence. Sometimes we will follow someone we just met and they're giving something, some advice and they speak with conviction and they persuade us because we didn't know what to do. And we weren't following God, obviously. So we were following this individual. God sometimes can use individuals, but when we're using individuals instead of God, that's a problem. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 28 through 32, God says here, observe and hear all the words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with your children after you forever. When you doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. When the Lord your God shall cut off the nations from before you, wherever you go to possess them, and you succeed them, or take over where they were, and dwell in their land, take heed to yourself that you be not snared by following them. Also that you read, you're not trapped or ensnared by following them. After that they be destroyed from before thee. And that you inquire not after their God, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Now, if you don't think that's bad advice, whoa, we got to talk. But here is saying that after you've gone in and dispossessed the land. Now, remember, this land that they're being given is because these other nations are wicked. They're making up gods. They're worshiping gods, whether it's themselves or a statue or some other type of thing or other people or sex or whatever it is. And he's warning Israel, saying, now, when you go in there and get the victory, because you will get the victory, because right now you're doing it my way. Don't change from doing it my way and say, how do these nations follow their gods? How do they serve their gods? Isn't it interesting? Hey, it's just a history lesson. I just want to do it for research sake. It's just interesting finding out how cultures do their thing. And God's saying, don't do that. <laughs> and right now we have all types of research on that type of thing. You know, I'm trying to gain something from it. No, you're going to gain a snare. That's what God's saying. So he said, don't do that. That's an abomination. And even verse 31, it says, thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. So when you're doing this, you're doing this to the Lord. For every abomination to the Lord, which he hates, have they done unto their gods. He said they've done everything. They've sacrificed their children to these gods. They've uh, done uh, prostitution with these gods or to their gods and things like that. He said he hates it. And they have done it to their gods. For even their sons and their daughters right here, they have burnt in the fire to their gods. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add anything nor diminish from it. And this is a problem. Sometimes we look at other cultures and we're like, you know, I can gain this good thing from it. No, let God be your source. If anything agrees with it, well, you'll need to go pick it up anyway because you already have something that's the primary source. So some people say, well, you know, only if it agrees with the Bible will I pick it up. It's like, well, no, I would say if it agrees with the Bible, then I'll acknowledge that it agrees with the Bible. 
but I will not try to practice it their way. And God knows a whole much more about this than we do. He knows a multitude more about it than we knew. He knows a significant amount more about this than we do. And even the hints he's giving us. And he made this very clear so everybody could see that it's wrong. They're sacrificing their children to false gods. So he said that's an abomination. And you may say, what about Abraham and Isaac? Well, see, the only chance, the only example we have where God even said anything about that, he stopped the man from knowing it because the man could hear from God. And there was a whole different reason why he even asked him to do it. He said he was proving him to see whether he would obey God more and love God more than your family, love God more than other things. Because see, if you don't love God more in your family, when God says, hey, I want you to send your child away, he'll have the best education here. He'll have the best life here. And you say, no, I love him too much. I need to keep him with me. You'll disobey God and end up hurting that child because you think you know more than God. And that was another reason why people don't follow God was because they really do think they know better. Now, uh, sometimes we like to follow others. First Samuel chapter eight talks about how Israel was desiring a king. After a while, they didn't want to do the prophet thing anymore. Samuel was the prophet. He was a leader in the land. People respected him and revered him. They mourned him when he died, but his children were following him. And the young ones who would be prophet next weren't following him. Now, God could just pick another prophet, but they didn't want to do the prophet anything anymore because they said, give us a king. Now, when you have a king who whatever he decides is law now, the king is law and he doesn't have to hear from God and the nation suffers. Right. The prophet that doesn't hear from God, they're removed because they're one on one with God. But the king has the duties of the land and they are asking for a king. Just so you know, well, how come they couldn't have a heavenly king? Well, because they didn't want one. They did. They And that's what the prophet would have been anyway. The king they wanted was one that was like the other nations. If you go back and read it, we don't want just a king. We want a king just like the other nations, one who will go out and fight for us and lead us in battle. And these are things that just like you said here in Deuteronomy 12. Now, those are generations later, but God already warned them and he gave them the law so they could actually go and read it. But he warned them that don't look at other nations and what they're doing and say, I want to do it like they are because that's fun or that's entertaining or that feels good or that makes me happy or whatever it is because in the end it's not going to make you happy <laughs> and God's all about our pleasure you just remember God started man in the garden of Eden when God was in full control that's how he does it once God lost control now we've got is this God is this kingdom God I don't know is this one is this him I don't know but the clear be just the beginning the beginning of how he wanted man to live was the Garden of Eden. And that was just obviously paradise. So we want to watch out for that. We like to follow others. They wanted a king. They wanted somebody they could follow in, in human things. They didn't want a prophet that told them about God. Now, here's another reason that they don't like doing things God's way. We're still talking about following God and the dangers of not following God and why people don't follow God. And now we're under subpoint. man doesn't like doing things God's way. Why? Because they have other priorities. They have other priorities. 
Now, if we look at Mark chapter 4, and this is the proverb, uh, or the parable of the sower, and in this parable, we're going to see a certain group that God is speaking to, but watch what they do with what God said. All right, if we look at Mark chapter 4, verse 7, and some, some of what God said, his word, the seeds, fell among thorns, the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Now, some of the people are not understanding exactly what Jesus is saying. They understand it in regards to uh, farming. So he's going to tell his disciples in more detail what he's talking about. Now, the ones who fell among thorns, if we look at verse 18, he's breaking it down. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, these are thorns, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The desires of other things entering in. That's what verse 19 says. The desires, the cares of this world, what's going on with the world, the deceitfulness of riches. If I just was rich, everything would be all right. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. If you don't believe that, you're not watching the news, right? You got the cares of this world, but you're not even paying attention to the world. The world will let you know riches does, does not equal happiness. Riches do not equal contentment. When it's being advertised to you, that's how it's advertised. But the people who actually have the riches, right? You're saying, sign up for my program uh, and you'll be rich. Those are people who are advertising to you on your lust of being rich. But the people who are actually rich know that that money is not bringing them joy. Now it says it comes in, and not only that, let's say it did. It said that just the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, even if it brought you joy, is still deceitful to God. In God's view, it'll choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, when you have the word becoming unfruitful, you can't get riches God's way because you've been deceived by riches and what they, what you think they do. Riches are a tool. Riches are made for enjoyment to a certain degree, but it's also made to bless others, not to hoard up, not to fear for loss of, not to put as a safety net instead of God. That's why many times riches are deceitful. However, these things can come in, choke the word, it becomes unfruitful. So not only, not only are you getting the word, but it's not doing anything for you. It's, it's actually becoming unfruitful. It's not doing what it was meant to do in your life, but also the riches that you were coveting and let let distract you from receiving the word you don't get that either right so that's that's the problem it didn't say that you have riches it said you're deceived by it so whether you have it or not you can be deceived by it those are things that people put as priority on why they don't follow god right the cares of this world's all oh, the world is you know i don't have time for reading the bible you know it's crazy out here or the lust of other things, things I'm, I'm desiring, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grinding so hard because I got to get this money, right? I, I got to get this money as fast as I can. So I'm really working hard every day uh, and I don't have time to go to church. Lust of other things, entering in the desires of other things that you may want that aren't necessarily bad things, right? Riches aren't necessarily bad things. God bless Solomon with riches because Solomon pleased God. Riches aren't themselves aren't bad things, but when they come in and the lust of them and the deceitfulness of thinking that they will solve or they'll do what the word can do, right? The word gives you peace, joy, happiness, uh, 
fulfillment with God. Many people think, oh, they're rich. They must be following God. Well, they must have been hearing God somehow because they got money. That means nothing. That means nothing. Pharaoh was very well off in Egypt. Uh, and many wicked kings and really many wicked rulers and wicked people have been prosperous. It has nothing to do with whether or not they were following God. They may have been following a system God points out that works in the earth, right? Like if you're diligent, you'll be, you'll increase in riches, right? You'll be made rich, but it doesn't mean that they're actually following God and that's why they be, were made rich. Uh, so some other things that uh, would be another priority over God are life things. For instance, we see a person who comes to Jesus giving excuses. Let me go and bury my, you know, I got to go mourn with my family first. I can't follow you. I have to go and I just bought something and I need to make sure that it's set up right and they didn't scam me and that it's worth what it's worth. Well, I just got married. I, I can't follow you. All these things hinder us from being closer with God. These are other priorities that enter in and take us away. Now, here's another point of why don't they like doing things God's way. We're talking about why they don't like why people don't like doing things God's way. We like to follow others. We have other priorities. Don't come in and mess with my priorities. And then some love darkness rather than light. Some literally is. Yeah, we think in America, in this Western culture, that people are inherently good. I'm not sure why we think that here particularly, because everyone else is convinced otherwise. And they're out there with each other, forced to be with each other. Here we're in this very isolated uh, place called America where everybody's on their uh, devices and people don't really fellowship like that. And when they do, it's like a big deal because it's really not doesn't happen all the time. Um, we tend to think that man is inherently good. A man may inherently have some good qualities and attributes, but left of his own devices in this fallen world and in this fallen state without God, destruction happens. Look at Judges chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. It says, an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? He said, don't make any league with them. Don't make any treaty with them. Don't make any agreements with them. Don't join them. You, you're supposed to throw down their altars to other gods that they're worshiping and doing crazy things with. But you haven't obeyed my voice. Why? Why? Right now, let's go down to verse 18. And 18 says, and the, when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of their of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. So he said, I'm going to deliver them, even though they turned away and having to deal with them on that because they're turning around saying, Lord, I'm sorry, which people do a lot. And God forgives us every time he sent them judges to help them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves like, man, how God's patient behaved more corruptly, more than their elders, more than the generation before. And isn't that happening today? We're finding more shootings, more damage, more controversy, more arguing and disagreeing and fighting and attacking 
than we have in previous generations. Uh, and we haven't even gotten to a world war. Like this is at a level that's ingrained inherently in the culture, right? Not just American culture, but across the world. There's a lot of uh, a turn up of persecution on, on all types of things. Land, religion, uh, you know, disagreements, uh, history, all types of uh, misunderstandings, reasons that people are going against each other. Now, they corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from their own stubborn way. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, because that this people has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and have not hearkened unto my voice, I will also not henceforth drive out any before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. So anything Joshua didn't take care of, I'm not helping you with. That through them I may prove Israel. The other nations are going to prove Israel. They're going to test Israel. Whether they will keep the way of the Lord or not. To walk therein as the father, as their fathers did. To keep it or not. So that through them I may prove Israel or test Israel. Whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein. As their fathers did keep it or not. Now. We can see. That. This is obviously a problem. Right? How's he testing Israel? Well, when these nations come, what are you going to do? You're going to panic and try to figure it out? You're going to try to imitate other guys? You're going to try to you know, make an agreement with them? Is there stabbing you? I mean, this is a barbaric time. They will just kill you. Okay, and they don't know God too. They have nothing telling them there's n that they shouldn't kill you. They'll kill you just for being alive. Okay? That has nothing to do with uh, why Israel's driving them out. Israel's to drive them out because they're sacrificing their children to idols. They're doing all types of craziness. God's forgiving Israel, but now he's going to use another nation. Like, okay, Israel, you don't want to listen now. Now I have to use another nation that's wicked also and drive you out and harm you. So, uh, and what I mean by using another nation is to let the, let you go. That barrier I had around you that protected you spiritually where people wouldn't even mess with you. They were scared. I'm going to lower that. I'm not going to keep them in awe about how great you are because I'm with you because I'm not with you now because you're doing your own thing. You're not listening to what God's saying. You're not hearkening unto his voice. He said, Hey, stop making idol gods and trying to do what they're doing by even, uh, sacrificing your children, to idols. And you're saying, no, this is actually cool and interesting. Let's do it anyway. That might be extreme, but instead of sacrificing children in fire right now, when st we are sacrificing children in the belly, in the womb, we're sacrificing children uh, by desensitizing them to evil and violence. We have things uh, that are for children, where the children are vulgar. Uh, the children are trying, we think it's funny when a child acts like an adult, talks like an adult, and does things that are way beyond his years. The There's a pedophilia that is very large in the market there are people being pushed there uh, i'm sorry movements laws being pushed to where you can marry people who are 11 and you're a grown person so we think oh well, you know that's so barbaric that's so crazy during their time but then you just pick up the newspaper and you're like is this date right because <laughs> right now in another nation the same thing 
in a way is going on. So let's watch out for not falling into the same traps. Now, Romans 10 verse 21 says, But to Israel, he says, all day, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. So look how patient he is with people. All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God made man upright. God made man to be right, but they're being disobedient. Now, if we go back to Judges chapter 3, look at verse 1. And I'm going to read this in the King James Version still. Uh, but it says, this is a continuation of what we were reading before. This is the next chapter. Now, these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know. So, he said that this is these are... Let's look at this in another translation. I think this will bring some light to this. And it says here in the easy to read version that the Lord did not force all the other nations to leave Israel's land. He wanted to test Israel, the Israelites. None of the Israelites living at this time have fought in the wars to take the land of Canaan. So he let those other nations stay in their country. He did this to teach the Israelites who had not fought in those wars. These are the nations the Lord God left in the land or the Lord left in the land. Now switching back, namely five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites that dwelt in the Mount Lebanon and Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal Hermon unto the entering of Hamath, and they were to prove Israel by them to know whether or not to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives, uh-oh, and gave their daughters to their sons, uh-oh, and served their gods. Why? <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? So God said, okay, I'm not going to drive them out. All right, I'm, if you want this to be your friend and you know that this person is against what I say, go ahead. Let's see if you'll obey me because you think I can be in the world and live as the world does, but still follow God. If you think that, if you think that, go ahead. Now, even if you think you're this, the exception, it does not please the Lord that they tried, they were, they were becoming one. All they were doing was dwelling in the land and what you continually be around, you will partake of or else why are you there? Which you're continually around by choice, I should say. Right. You might have a situation where maybe you're a prisoner somewhere. You can't leave. So obviously you are going to do your best not to be a part of that. But everything, people, evil communication can corrupt good manners. So living around someone, being influenced by someone, even if they're not someone by choice and you're willingly trying to resist what they're saying, it will start to affect you. Verse 7 says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. Baal's name or symbolic of the Canaanite gods and the groves, which is uh, are symbols of the Canaanite goddesses. Now we're talking about female gods and male gods. And it's interesting that um, when you have different types of gods, they you get all types, shapes, forms, fashions, God of this, God of that. And you realize that people are just worshiping whatever they can sense. Now, that's another reason why man does not follow God, because they like to do it their own way. And I'm going to conclude this. It looks like we'll have to conclude it again in the next subject. 
or the next session because this, as you can see, this is all critical, right? Man doesn't like doing things God's way. Man is ignorant sometimes by circumstance, sometimes by choice. Some men love darkness rather than light. They just wanted to serve these other gods. They just, they did not resist. They did not try to choose the Lord. But my charge to you today is that you choose the Lord. Follow him. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will make sure that you get to the promised land that's in your life and that you have the best results possible. Till next time, the Lord keep you. The Lord love you. The Lord loves you. The Lord keep you. And be faithful to him. <laughs>